Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Auburn Express. Powered by The Wall Report. All aboard the AM departure from Platform 334, The Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. Mike G alluded to the, the Zach Calzada hate, even some of the TJ Finley hate, considering what they did in comparison to their peers in the SEC. What I want to ask is, I, I think one of the things that maybe have hurt a Calzada or a Finley is their past completion percentage. Uh, last year, Calzada's was 56%. Finley's was 54%. Now, the number that I've heard you guys mention even last year, going into this year, still holds true. The completion percentage that we need to see from our QB, our starting QB, is? 63%. 63%. I see 60. I hear Mike saying 63. 63 to compete. Yeah, to compete, 63. 63, okay. Obviously, Harson understands that. What do you think the, the game plan is for, let's just start with these two guys specifically. What is the game plan to improve on that with Auburn's offense in the fall, you think? Treat your boys. Chill Boys underwear is designed for maximum comfort with enough space to keep you cool, calm, and comfortable. Chill Boys underwear will help you keep the boys close. Uh, not too close. When the game is on the line, you won't break a sweat with Chill Boys underwear. Whether it's left boy, right boy, or both boys, Chill Boys provides your boys comfort like you've never felt. Visit chillboys.com and use code RAPPORT, that's R-A-P-P-O-R-T, and get 15% off of your order. Maximize your chill with Chill Boys. You know what? Uh, time to throw is a big deal in the SEC. You know, I talked about this with uh, Bo. You know, he was heralded a lot for his scrambling ability. But what a lot of people ignored was those extended plays did not, more times did not result in positive plays. Right. And the SEC, if you're holding on to the ball after three seconds, the uh, uh, the chances, the percentage that you're going to have a successful play goes down significantly, um, you know, unless you're like Bryce Young or one of these super dynamic 
quarterbacks who are mobile and accurate when you are on the run. So it's difficult if you're not going to hang in the pocket to be accurate. I think that Zach Calzada is he's got he's underrated. He's a little bit of an underrated athlete. He's not a statue back there. He can move. He can move a little bit. And, you know, for Finley, I think his challenge is just going to be high completion percentage is going to be about getting rid of the ball early, going through his reads and progressions faster. And he's got to be accurate, man. He's got to be like Will Rogers accurate. Put the ball on the money. Give your receivers a chance to make the plays uh, in tight windows and just don't make them have to expend all their energy trying to just make the catch. We saw glimpses of that last year. It was Again, it was a very a small sample size. You're talking about seven, uh, 128 attempts. And that's not a lot to judge you know, what his ceiling or floor is. But we saw him make some NFL-type throws last year. His challenge, again, is going to be raising his floor because you know he's not mobile. He's got to have better pocket awareness. And these are all things that I know he's aware of that he needs to improve going to next year if he wants to have a successful season if or when he gets his shot. Zach Calzada, um, it's a little different. We have a much larger sample size for him. Again, over 300 dropbacks to look at. And a line that was just not good. They gave up a 37% pressure rate on him. Right. It was difficult for him. His body, he paid for it with his body. Uh, but he still found a way to complete 55% of his uh, passes under what really were not great conditions. And... Then his receivers turned around and dropped 26 balls. Mm-hmm. 26 for him. And that's minus a game and a half that he didn't play. Right. Did Texas A&M play their bowl game this year? Last year. Oh, I, I think, I think, think they so. opted out of their bowl game, yeah. right? So he didn't even I get that. So. And that's 26 so. drops. Mm-hmm. 26 drops. So uh, we saw, even in our game, if you go back and you look at the footage from our game, I cannot broke down the film. God, what was the guy, even their best tight end, wide like line. they were, oh, dude, they yeah. were dropping wide mm-hmm. open passes in that game. Yeah. We we could have gotten beat much worse if their receivers didn't drop as many passes as they did. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think, it, you know, the plan for him is um, build on what you did last year. And if our line blocks at the same rate that they did for Bo, like Calzada, is, in my mind, is going to be just fine. If he is more accurate, he will be just fine. And they're putting in the work this offseason to develop the chemistry with the receivers, the timing with the receivers. And um, we'll see. He's high football IQ. Uh, We interviewed him. It was one of the better interviews we've done. And he is about the work. He is here to work, and that's it. And he, he stated that pretty clearly and plainly. So, you know, for 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 both these guys, these guys have different games. Finley and Calzada have different games. And um, we could find success, I think, with either as long as they both raise their floor from what it was last year. Uh, yeah, I, I think. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. You know, I, I tweeted this out the other day. 41 hours, that's how much football we get in the fall. 41 hours. But there are hundreds of hours spent January to August preparing to make the most of those 41 hours. And if those guys are putting in you know, the champions are made in the hundreds. The champions are made in the hundreds. So uh, hopefully they're putting in the work and the coaches are monitoring that. A lot of it is done on your own. Nobody's telling you to go get those extra throwing sessions in. Nobody's telling you to grab the new wide receivers and go throw. 
Right. You have to do that on your own. And I think these guys are doing it. So we'll see how it pans out. Hopefully the play call and, and scheme help them out quite a bit as well, too. I, I hope they have a plan because that, that will have an effect on the production that we see on the field. Sure. Mike, what are your thoughts, man, on improving the pass percentage? Yeah, I think it's a, a lot of it's just going to have to do with how well the quarterbacks are just understanding what they're seeing, trusting what you see. Um, to, to Mike's point, I think Zach Calzada last year with for Texas A&M, he had some good throws that just weren't caught, you know, and our game is indicative of that. Um, I think the games where the people around him played up to their caliber, Zach Calzada had really great games. Mm-hmm. But I think the games where he's got a big arm and sometimes he tends to 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 trust his arm more than he he like his uh, I, and I, I've been saying I wanted to do this for a while. I have some time now. I may try to do it this coming week. Um, just do more of a film breakdown on Zach Calzada. His, his footwork fails him sometimes on those intermediate throws, and that's really where he's had, had his biggest issue is on the intermediate mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And if he if he's getting his footwork together, which you know, listen, all of the the videos that they're putting out there with his QB coach suggest that he's working a lot on that and trying to be more consistent with that. Um, you're going to see him making a lot of very accurate throws in that intermediate area. He already had a really good deep ball accuracy. So if he improves in the intermediate game with just his accuracy and timing, which he's getting a lot of timing work in, I don't see any reason why that can't be better. Um, When we're talking about TJ Finley, the issue for him is really the exact opposite. His intermediate throws, he was great. Uh, He has one of the best, he throws one of the best out routes of any quarterback that I've seen at Auburn in a while, like mm-hmm. just the the five to seven yard out, he throws it really well. Um, the stuff he throws to the seams looks really good. When he has yeah. to put it on a rope, intermediate, he's doing pretty well on that. It, it, the issue that you have with TJ Finley is on the deeper routes, right? And is him getting more touch and accuracy down the field, and then subsequently that makes it a problem because he has to hold the ball a little bit longer. He is. Mm-hmm antsy right like i think the biggest issue with tj finley is he predetermines this is the look i want to go to this is where i want to go with the ball and when he and he doesn't come off of that early enough he doesn't say to himself oh nope that's not the look i thought i was going to get let me get to my secondary read and just go ahead and either throw this ball away or throw this to my to to an underneath receiver He, he needs to be able to get off of that first read faster that he has gone to and he's analyzed at the you know before pre-snap okay cool this is what look i think i'm getting this is where my best option is here or in the case a lot in the bowl game and unfortunately he gets to the line of scrimmage and he's like this is where the guy i want to go to is regardless of what the defense is doing this is the route that he's running so i'm going to look at this combination of things but then i need to come off of that and go somewhere else it's that when he comes off of it, he's either doing it late or when he comes off of it, he's not doing it accurately. Right. Um, so he needs to figure out how to do that processing a little bit better at the line of scrimmage and then a lot better post-snap. Um, as far as Robbie Ashford is concerned, there, there's not a huge sample size for me to know what he's able to do. I think his mobility will definitely help him be mm-hmm. able to make more positive plays. Whether or not he can do that with his arm is still yet to be seen. Right. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how he's being utilized within the offense. But to the, the initial question about what's going to help with the accuracy, a portion of that's going to be scheme. Let's get him some quick, easy throws that they're comfortable with. Um, and and make the defense have to adjust to that. When the defense adjusts, then those quarterbacks are going to need to be able to make quick analysis of what those adjustments have been. Um, and I think that we have the IQ to be able to do that in the room. 
They just need to be able to trust it a little bit better and let it rip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll say, if we'll if say. you uh, if you're a patron member, go check out Brian Harson talking with Ike and I about QB technique, and you'll hear a lot of what um, they have to do consistently to you know uh, make those throws. Uh, like Ike was saying, up the seam. We saw him rip those throws and then sail a couple as well too. So uh, it's all about technique. And Brian Harson breaks that down, I think, pretty pretty accurately. And um, I mean, to that point too, when you talk about looking at how players throw, right? So, and it 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 was evidence in a game what I'm talking about the difference between a quick analysis and readjustment that that Robbie did, right? There's a second window throw that he makes to um, Xavier Capers. Mm-hmm. It, yep. th- it was behind him. Yeah. But what he he understood was, oh, that throw is there, but the linebacker dropped into my window. Let me adjust and go to the next window on that throw, right? Mm -hmm. That's something, honestly, TJ Finley was not doing a lot, Mm -hmm. even in A-Day game. The first throw wasn't there. He was either making the throw anyway. He was just going to force it in that direction. He would, and because he has really, again, the intermediate, short and intermediate throw accuracy is really good. He's not missing in the wrong place. Right. Like one of them was an out route that somebody jumped and they ended up tipping it away. He went ahead and threw it anyway, even though it wasn't there. Right. But because he put the ball in the correct place, it was going to be a completion or nothing. Right. The best they could do is tip the ball away. Um, Because, again, the accuracy of where he's intending to throw this ball wasn't he didn't miss inside. You miss inside on that as a pick six. Mm. He doesn't miss inside a lot on that. He throws that to the outside again, probably better. I, I, I hear me when I say, I, I know people think I'm trying to cake for TJ Finley. Whatever. His, his, his intermediate is just good. His decision-making isn't always great, but the he's throwing the ball where he intends to on those short and intermediate throws. It's the deep ball where you see him make the big overthrow for the, what should have been the interception or, you know, the late decision that he throws overthrow. Like those are the times where he's getting into trouble, but it's in the intermediate stuff. He's going there. He knows that's where he's going. He's ripping it, and he's ripping it accurately. And he can do that from the opposite hash, right? He's got a big, strong arm, opposite hash, out route to the left, like, no problem, right? So that's not an issue for him. It's just understanding, okay, that's not the the window I need to throw that into, or that's not open for me. Let me come back to another receiver and figure something else out. He's not doing that stuff quickly enough. Uh, right. but, um, but I was encouraged by um, – by watching Robbie go through that situation and having the arm strength and the wherewithal to be able to make a second window throw to a receiver. And even though it was behind him, that receiver was able to still catch it and get upfield. So, I I mean, again, I'll go back to the original graphic. This is why that QB room thing is trash, Mm. because you can't tell me that you've got three deep at any school that could do that. You can't tell me that. And even the freshman Holden was like, okay, y'all just going to keep giving me this throw. I'll just keep taking it. That's fine. Yep. Take a profit, no problem. Just keep dip dumping it. Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together uh he really says my lucky foot hurting <laughs> so i think eight or nine wins. eight is not a stretch it's, it's not was, it's really not, not it's really not I, you know 
having sports bet for the better part of the last 10 years, really since 2011, that was my first season in sports betting. And something that happens far more often than you would expect is the revenge game. Um, mm-hmm. The I got a chance to pay you back in blood for this because I was embarrassed last season or um, for a critical game in basketball, it happens within the same season usually because you can play somebody again. But I'm penciling in Mississippi State as a win because you don't lose that way and have these NFL prospects on the line and, and in the secondary, forget that. We are going to win at Mississippi State. I am, I am willing to bet that right now. Like if they put out that line tomorrow, no matter what it is, I'm taking it. Because there is definitely an emotional factor, especially in football. You know how much emotion factors in the football. Man, this, it's an emotional game. It's controlled emotion because you can't get too crazy. You can't go off the deep end and hit somebody when they don't need to be hit. But that's a revenge factor. And I think AD is saying the same thing. Penn State, they want that one back. They're going to get it back. I think they're going to get that one back. So I think we start the season 3-0. and I think we win our cupcake against Western Kentucky in November. I think we get it back against Mississippi State, and we've already won five games, and that's not counting the cupcake that is Missouri because they are actually a very bad team who lost their best running back probably ever since they've been in the conference. Mm. Tyler Beatty was an accomplished, good running back. Their quarterback, who wasn't everything he was hyped up to be, he left. I don't even know who the guy is they have coming in behind them. I I have no idea. Um, But they were a trash defensive team. Now, you tell me that they got better by losing a running back, which helps you control the tempo and ball control. They lost that guy. They lost an experienced quarterback, and now they're the worst defense in the league is supposed to get better. I, I, don't, I don't really see it. I see a minimum of six for those reasons because I think we get Penn State. I think we get Missouri, and I think we get Mississippi State. I think we beat Arkansas again because as, as good as K.J. Jefferson was, which was just pretty good, we boxed him in pretty soundly, and that was with Traylon Burks on the field. So you're telling me that the best weapon that Arkansas has had at wide receiver probably in 10 years is gone, and you expect their quarterback play and their offense to be better? Um, I'm, I mean, it's not that they, are, they have a good offensive coordinator in, in um, Kendall Bryles. They do. Mm-hmm. But we know how much better we play at home. And you could say, well, hey, isn't Arkansas going to get some of that same revenge? Yeah, they could. But we're also very good, and we beat Arkansas pretty handily. It, we kind of got that thing over Arkansas and Ole Miss. We, we just kind of got mind control over them. I don't expect that to be broken. I think Ole Miss would be a harder get because they lost that game here. And Lane Kiffin is competent as a quarterback coach. He is competent as a head coach. I'm not saying he's great. I don't have any evidence to tell you Lane Kiffin is great. I think he's competent. And I don't know about either one of their quarterbacks, though. I have no idea if they're good. Matt Corral spent the whole year throwing interceptions under Lane Kiffin before he had a very good year in year two. I don't know either one of those guys. This is their first year playing for Kiffin. Does that mean that they get it? Jackson Dart was expected to be the guy hands down, and he's coming here battling the guy who was there. Now, maybe the guy who was there was also there last year, and that will be the second year that he needs to make that leap, and maybe he's good. But Ole Miss lost a lot, too. I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I think we're at least six is the floor, eight is the ceiling. And anything above that is just icing on the cake. Well, to, to, to that point, B, and, and this is a comment I, I saw earlier, Jordan says, playing calling itself gives us two more wins, which puts us right at eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
your thought your thoughts on the play calling or the improvement in play calling this year uh, under under Keesaw. So what what's important about to note about play calling is that coaches are calling plays according to what the situation calls for in the game, what the defense can give them, but also what the player's strengths and weaknesses are. We had a quarterback last year that for the most part of the season while he had some good games, he also had some bad games too, but he didn't see the field very well. And if there's anything that I know that these coaches want to improve, they want to make it to where I'm going to call something open and you're going to see the guy. You're not going to just look to one side of the field. You're not going to be afraid of the rush before it gets there. Or even if the rush is coming, you're going to stand in and make that throw. And that's something where we have improved at the quarterback position in Zach Calzada. When he first came in, I said, I'm, I'm a little hot or cold. I don't really know what to make of it because production-wise, he looks very similar to Bodemi. But the difference in their games is Calzada would stand in and make that throw and take that hit, and he was accurate downfield. We talked about the percentage that you want the quarterback to throw for us to have a good season. You take me one of those um, check-down throws as a percentage completion and trade that in for a 30-yard bomb, Wildly different games. Wildly different games. Because Bo would get scared, run out too quick, make an easy throw. Calzada goes, all right, I see him. I'm going to throw it. And it may have been dropped by his guys. We don't ha- it, it doesn't take that much for us to improve offensively. If you take one throw that Bo completed and turned it into one of the bombs that he just didn't see and didn't throw to his open guy, we win two more games last year. Right. Easily. So... The play calling has a lot to do with what they thought Bo or what they knew Bo wasn't going to do well. And they were trying to save some, they were trying to save a a, a mediocre running game as well. The running game improving slightly improves things for the quarterback. It's every, we we were like on the, the edge in many categories, in many positions where we just needed slightly better play to make things better. I think it is the offensive coordinator's job to call better plays and situations, but it's also their job to improve the play of the position they coach. So you don't have to protect the quarterback with play call. And that's what really got us in trouble. They're protecting Bo Nix from reading because he's not great at reading. So we're, we get into predictable situations. Oh, well, why would they call that? They're calling what they know the quarterback can execute. You mad right. at that play call? And that's where Mike Bobo caught a lot of flack. I'm mad at Bobo for not running when we should have run. That that's a reasonable reason to be to be upset at them. Hey, let's get some more plays in here for both of these running backs, some more creative plays for both of these running backs, because we know, at least in the game where we had started running well, we can run well. We've got studs at running back. Don't abandon that. As far as his offensive play calling when it came to the pass game, I didn't really have too much gripe with how he called those plays or what plays he called. Because when we did our film reviews in the fall after the games, we saw, ooh, huh, he was open, huh? Oh, he was open too. Did Bo even see him? I don't think so. There is a lot. <laughs> it's not just as simple as, oh, he called a bad game. I thought he 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 went away from the run too much. But what the quarterback can do is going to dictate how well we, we perform overall. I mean, as always. But I think marginal improvement there. Marginal improvement in the running game. And then that eight is attainable. And then we can sh- shock a couple people and maybe hit that nine mark. Yep. Yep. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Tom Reed, appreciate you uh, hanging with us, man. He says, we can beat Bama any single year, meaning we play them very tough. Why do we keep getting blown out? 
by Georgia. That is a great question. The Georgia hump that Auburn has to get over is astounding. It really is. Of all the <laughs> team, of all the, I know it's the Iron Bowl, but man, these losses to Georgia it's just suck. They are embarrassing. They're, I mean, I don't know. It's just bad. I don't have a ton to say about this, but uh, hopefully, again, uh, w- if we start playing big boy football, Harson can turn this around a little bit. Um, you know, because you have to be, you got to be physical with Georgia. Mm-hmm. You have to be physical with them. Um, you have to, you have to win the line of scrimmage. It's hard to win games uh, with them when your quarterback is, you know, I don't know. It's just hard. It's hard against Georgia. You have to be physical up front. You do. You have to play. You have to control the clock, um, and you have to try to wear down their defense a little. They've got hitters, man, and they've got guys who are assi- uh, assignment sound, and um, they're well coached defense. Mm-hmm. They've been a well coached defense with five star athletes. So um, you've got to be able to bang with those guys up front, man. And and you know, um, I mean, hopefully, like this is one of the trends. I hope Harson can reverse. Do you think what's going to factor into that is recruiting as well, considering how high of a level they've been recruiting? Yeah, I think it all comes down to it. But at the end of the day, I, th- I think – I don't know that you – it's going to take you a little bit to catch up in recruiting. Yeah. It is going to take you a little bit. What you have to do is you have to outdevelop them. You need to have tougher guys, and you just need to catch them lacking, man. Like <laughs> – Catch these dudes lacking, thinking, oh, we're five stars, we're Georgia, we beat you guys, and, and then come in and just have guys who are willing to outwork their guys. Catch them slipping. So once that happens, they'll start taking you seriously, and by the time they start, hopefully you've caught up in recruiting a little bit. But it's not all about that that talent straight out of high school. You know, you can develop a guy into a five-star on the field.